Part 12 I stared at my father in disbelief. It felt wrong seeing him like this, glassy-eyed, groaning, and hardly able to keep himself upright. He had always been such a force in my life, or at least an immovable object. Nothing seemed to sway him. He was bulletproof. Now, though, freed of his ropes, he groaned and my body lurched forward. I caught him as he fell, and something slipped out of his open jacket. The syringe. I'd thought Jake used it to inject Eric. This one was full. No, of course Dad wouldn't give it to him. He'd never jeopardize Eric's life. The lab had probably been full of doses like this one, and Jake had taken his pick while I was unconscious. I helped Dad onto the floor, laying him onto his side he could, couldn't fall again, or choke on his vomit if he came to it. Then I looked back to the needle. My heart thundered as I reached for it. It takes several doses to induce the transformation. Nolan's words echoed in my head as I gripped the syringe. An emerald green fluid swam inside it, the tip of its needle covered with a thin plastic cap. I swallowed, looking back to my dad. He lay on the floor, a trail of spittle falling from his open mouth onto the hardwood. Every few moments he would twitch, sometimes his legs, sometimes his arms, sometimes his neck. Is that what the serum did to him? I slipped it inside my jacket. Jake knows, I said quietly. I wasn't sure if it was talking to myself or him. That's why he's done this to you. He knows no one's dead, so he's turned you into one of them. I became aware of the weight of the dagger on my belt, the feeling of his cool silver against my thigh. He needs you to summon Pratium. I couldn't let that happen. Dad's eyes rolled in the back of his head, but I knew he was looking at me, or trying to. His voice was nearly gone. Barely then. Barely there beneath the moans of pain. He was becoming one of them, a monster. Matthew, he said. Please. I raced through the woods, hardly aware of the bushes and brambles scratching my face. I knew where I needed to go, now, beyond any shadow of a doubt. The river was where we had met Nolan. It was where he'd given us the book. It was where our nightmare began. And it was where it would end. I leapt over a fallen tree, landing in a puddle of mud with a cold splash. I shivered as it sprayed up and over me, but the sensation was gone as soon as it had come. I didn't have time to be cold, to be distracted. I needed to get to Eric. At my pace, and with the help of my night vision goggles, it didn't take long to reach the river. When I did, I positioned myself behind a large, thick berry bush. At my proximity, it was enough for me to see through the bramble, but not enough to see at a distance. I twisted the focus in the goggles, zeroing them in on the shore. Eric stood just short of the water, his back to me and his hands at his side. He was as still as a tree, and silent, gazing out over the dark river. I parted the brush enough to get a clearer view of the shoreline. No sign of Jake. Damn. Without seeing him first, I couldn't prepare for him. And if I couldn't prepare for him, then I didn't have a chance. I chewed my nip nervously. Maybe Jake wasn't here. Maybe he'd gone off to do something for his bullshit ritual and left Eric alone. Maybe I could approach Eric now and the two of us could get into Jake's truck and tear out of here. No. That would be too easy. Too obvious. Besides, Jake knew I was still alive. And if he wanted me dead, he would have made sure of it. Was he waiting for me then? Fuck. I was always horrible when it came to parsing through the planning shit. I stared at my brother for several moments, wondering what he would do when the roles were reversed. Then a thought struck me. Why wasn't he running, trying to make a break for it? Eric was all alone out here. Unless he wasn't. A twig snapped in the distance, somewhere along the riverbank, and the hairs on the back of my neck stood on end. I swallowed, holding onto the dagger with a vice grip. Another snap of a branch, followed by the shuffling sound of, of parting brush. 
Jake lumbered through the other end of the tree line. He carried a black bag, tucked neatly under one of his massive brown arms. Christ, he looked rough. His eye sockets were two red gaping holes while his body was covered in fur matted with layers of crimson. My heart raced in anticipation. I had them both in my sight. Now, I just needed an opening. An opportunity to plunge the dagger into Jake's heart. Easier said than done. Can you feel him, Eric? Jake said, his voice more raspy than before. The shotgun blast may not have killed him, but they seemed to have slowed him down. He sounded pained, and his movements looked sluggish. He stopped short of Eric and dragged the garbage bag on the stone shore with a dull thump. He's on the way, nearly here. He leaned down and untied the top of the bag with a sigh. When this is over with, you'll thank me. It's a real honor, I'm telling you. Eric didn't say anything, but slumped his head forward. His silhouette stark in the black of the night looked like a portrait of defeat. He'd given up. Maybe he had the right idea. I was too stubborn, though, by about ten miles. Jake reads inside the garbage bag and pulled something out. Something large. I narrowed my eyes at it and then choked back a wretch. It was a corpse, one mostly rotten, his flesh blue and black, with a fungus growing all over his face. And I knew that face. Ma would have wanted to see this, Jake explained to Eric. She spent her life trying to make it happen. I brought a hand to my mouth, feeling sick to my stomach. That was Grandma's corpse. Had he kept it the whole time? What if we buried at the funeral? There, he said, sitting Grandma against a large rock. I told you I'd make it happen, Ma. He ran a finger through her brittle, gray hair, and then slowly lowered himself next to her. Soon you'll be able to rest, Ma. I swear on that. I recoiled, the sight making me nauseous. Jake was more monstrous inside than out. First, he'd killed Grandma, and now he was parading her corpse around like a doll of kids at a kid's tea party. I squeezed the dagger and took a deep breath, then another. I could do this, I told myself. I have to do this. It didn't seem like there'd be a better opportunity. The way he sat now, looking toward Eric and the river, meant his back was to me. The trouble was, he was sitting at a damn near the center of the stone shore. Getting over there without a sound would be hard, maybe impossible with the rocks wet from the storm. They were likely to slip and shift. Damn, think, Matt. I ran a hand through my hair, considering the various ways the scenario might play out. In each of them, Jake turned around, found me, and beat me to death. I looked to Eric, who remained as still and silent as ever. If our roles were reversed, he'd have known what to do. That was his whole shtick, planning shit out and not paying the price for being an impulsive moron. Still, it was a role somebody had to fill. I said a quiet prayer and then moved from the brush as silently as I could. The forest floor was loamy and soft, ideal for my sneakers to live up to their namesake. The stone beach, on the other hand, I paused upon reaching it, gazing forward with their goggles. Jake still hadn't moved, though it sounded like he was whispering something to Grandma's corpse. A shiver ran through me and I ignored it. This was far from the weirdest shit I've seen all night. Jade off, Matt. I stared at the slick stones and swallowed. One stray pebble clacking against another one would quite literally jeopardize everything. I had to do this carefully, perfectly. Go on, Eric, Jake said, the sound of his voice nearly making my heart beat out of my chest. Welcome him home. I, I don't think we should, Eric said. Have you thought this through? What do you really know about per diem? His voice was uneven, stuttering and anxious. Good. I meant he was still my brother. I've thought about this for decades, Jake growled. I know you're a good kid, Eric. I know that. Which is why I made you his host. His massive furry hand tussled Grandma's decaying hair. Ma always felt it should be have been Maddie, 
but he's too much of a shit, you know? Per diem. He deserves the best. Eric whimpered, his fingers dancing at his sides. Still now, Jake said. I told you to stay still. I know, I just... What if per diem isn't what you think he is? What if he's going to do something terrible? Jake chuckled, and when he spoke, his voice was laced with menace. He'll do plenty of terrible things, I'll bet. But sometimes terrible is necessary. You and I, Eric, you can't possibly understand something like him. Something so much greater than us. Greater than anything. Eric didn't move. He didn't speak. He just watched the river. His messy hair caught in the dying storm's breeze. He'll save us, Jake said solemnly. But first, we need to welcome him home. Now go on. Say his name. Guide him. Eric was silent. Say it! Jake bellowed, and I nearly jumped. His voice was so loud that my ears rang. Eric winced at Jake's demand, but whimpered per diem's name all the same. Again! Guide him home! Per diem! The air seemed to shift, the clouds growing dark. I wasn't an expert on dark magic or evil rituals, but that didn't seem like an especially positive sign. I was running out of time. Either I moved or I lost Eric forever. Fuck! Jake grunted and the sound of shifting stones filled the night. He adjusted his position while holding a hand to his side, over a blood-matted strip of fur, most likely one of the places Dad had shot him. So I thought, regular punishment couldn't kill him, but it definitely still hurt him. He groaned, leaning back and stones began tumbling down the shore, clacking into the river with small splashes. Now, I slipped forward, my footsteps in concert with his movements, using his their sounds to mask my own. Yes, this could work. Another stretch from Jake, another step for me. But then he stopped moving. Comfortable. At long last, the stupid ape, shit. I was left standing in the middle of the sh stone shore, halfway between the tree line and Jake. If I risked moving again, there was a good chance he'd hear me, and that I'd be it. Game over. But if I didn't... Almost there, Eric, Jake said, looking up at the darkening sky. Keep speaking his name. Guide him, and you will be rewarded for it, he chuckled. You'll be the body of a god. Eric did, his voice sounding broken, fragile, and scared. Per diem, he said, his shoulders quaking with silent sobs. Per diem, per diem, louder, Jake screamed. He beat the ground with one of his massive fists. He needs to hear you from beyond the veil. Don't he? Shit, I can hardly hear you from here. That answered one question. Jake's hearing and mine weren't so different after all. That was good. I just hoped my head-to-toe mud bath would be enough to hide my scent from him. Ain't gonna remind you again, boy. Say his fucking name and be loud about it. Eric whimpered and I felt horrible. But I needed him to speak louder, too. I needed his voice now more than ever. Per diem, he said. Per diem! Good. With each of his shouts, I stole another meter of space. And soon I was close enough that I smelled the rot of decay of Grandma's corpse. Another two steps and I smelled the matted blood on Jake's fur. Being so close to him with such a clear view made me appreciate what a monster he truly was. I shifted the dagger in my grip, swallowed as I tried my best to determine just how I was going to plunge this thing into his heart. Where was his heart, anyway? His torso was massive. It seemed liable to be swimming around in there somewhere. Wait, I thought. What if I didn't aim for the heart at all? No one had cautioned that Jake wouldn't be put down by a few slashes of silver, but maybe I could get the dagger somewhere else to slow him down. His neck or spine. If I could hurt him enough that he couldn't hurt me back... I could finish him through the heart. It was a long shot, but then it was also my only shot. Eric shouted Per Diem's name again, and I crept forward, one step, then another. Each foot 
ball guided my brother's voice, echoing across the water, over the trees, and apparently into an entirely different dimension. I made a mental note to avoid mentioning any of this to my therapist if I survived. She'd already known I was crazy enough. A moment later, I took the final step, coming up directly behind Jake. He ma- his matted brown fur was short and reeked of blood. Even sitting down, he was nearly two feet taller than me. I wouldn't be able to reach his neck, not reliably, but I could sever his spine. Something moved my periphery and I glanced. Eric had turned around. He was facing Jake now, facing me. Shit, no time. I raised the dagger and plunged it forward, but that moment had been enough. Jake was already moving as the dagger raced toward his spinal column. The dagger sank in his flesh and he let out a shriek of pain. His wounds sparked and sizzled and he stumbled forward, writhing in agony. He was moving though, which meant I had missed his spine. Not good. I dashed forward, knowing I had the window size of an ant to get this right. I tore the dagger from his back and raised it up, and Jake's arm caught me in the side. I let out a wheeze of surprise as my body flew backwards, landing on the stone shore with a painful crunch, the goggles rolling off my head. Jake! You! Jake bellowed, rising from the rocks. Fresh blood wound its way from his long lower back down to the fur on his legs, and his mouth snarled. It's horrible, jagged and broken teeth dripping saliva. You couldn't help yourself, could you, Maddie? Each of his words came out in a small roar, while his entire body trembled with anger or pain. You're a real pain in my ass, and I don't think I care anymore. I think I'm going to kill you. He took a step forward toward me, and it felt like the whole shoreline shook. Sorry, Ma, he said, glancing at my, my grandma's cadaver. It's him or per diem, and I ain't got a choice. I scrambled backwards, beach stones slipping beneath my feet. I knew I needed to stand up. Needed to run. Needed to do anything, but my body was in agony. Jake hadn't held back with that last smack, and it was all I could to do to grasp my panicking lungs. Then I realized how really fucked I was. I'd lost the dagger. Shit! I scanned the area frantically, looking up and down the shore. I must have dropped it when Jake pulverized my ribs. Where was it? There. My heart sank. It was next to a fallen tree, some thirty feet away, and Jake was closing. He was far, much too far. I didn't have a choice, though. I lurched to my feet, ignoring the slicing pain tearing across my body, and then I dashed. Each footstep shot daggers through me, but I gripped my teeth and ran in spite of it. Jake was faster. He left his massive body crashing on the stones in front of me. His hands clenched into fists. Too long, he growled. Have I... Have I let you get away with disrespect? I stepped backward, my will to fight evaporating. Jake was hurt, sure, but I was damn near dying. I wheezed another breath, tasting blood in my mouth, and dropped to a knee. The only shot I had at stopping this was on the other side of a were sasquatch, and I could barely move. It was over. Damn it! Something warm slipped down my cheeks and I realized I was crying. I fell to my hands and knees, the tears vanishing on the already wet stones. Damn you, you asshole! Jake's shadow draped across me. Damn me? He kicked at me and I tumbled, my body rolling over the stones and further from the dagger. I slid to a stop on my back, spitting out a mouthful of blood and gazing up the sky. It had grown so dark. Jake, I said. It hurt to even speak. But I needed to. With everything I had, I sat myself upright. Let me go instead of Eric. Let me be the host, like Grandma wanted. It was all I had left. I couldn't fight him anymore. I couldn't stop him. But maybe I could still save Eric. You don't deserve it, Jake said. He stepped towards me. His demeanor different now. More resolved. It didn't matter what Grandma had wanted. 
He was finally going to kill me. So be it. I'd given everything I had, and honestly, I was in so much pain that dying seemed easy now. Still, I looked to Eric. I wanted him to know I was sorry for all this. I wanted him to know that no matter what, he was my brother and I loved him. Eric was looking at me, unmoving, silent and smiling. What? I blinked. His eyes looked different, narrower. His face had lost the anxious framing from earlier. Now, he looked calm, collected. Eric? I rasped. I let you live because you were family, Maddie, Jake said. I became aware that he was standing beside me now. Eric? I said more loudly. Jake gripped me by my hair and lifted me from the stones. I figured this family deserved to see the world we were making. Figured we were owed it. But my patience is shot. His other hand grabbed my arm and squeezed. The pain was unbearable. I screamed louder and harder than I'd screamed in my life. I felt like my muscles, my tendons, and my bones were being ground to dust. He lifted me to his gaping jaws, pressing them against the side of my head. I'm gonna rip you apart, he whispered, limb from limb. Trees shifted in the distance. And what's more, Jake continued, his canine slick with saliva, sliding against my face with every word. I'm gonna have a good time of it. Something rumbled in the woods, and Jake paused, sniffing at the air. I hung limp by my hair, rotating slowly before him. The rumbling grew deeper, faster, like a rock slide thundering toward us. Jake tossed me to the ground, and I groaned, my body seizing up in pain. I was faintly aware of something sharp digging into me, but I didn't have the energy or will to take care of it. Fuck, Jake said. The trees parted, and something massive burst out of them, something angry. 